last Sunday that my entire sermon last Sunday was entirely for me. So I don't know if it was at all helpful to you, but it was just for me. And I'm sorry to tell you that I have another one just like that today. So come along for Eduardo's journey, because this is also for me. Um, I have a feeling, though, that I'm not that far removed from a lot of us and a lot of our considerations. Of course not. We are going to continue talking about the Sermon of the Mount, and I'm going to continue to sing this throughout the time. It is throughout, throughout, throughout this time. It is so important for us to see the sermon as our manual for right living. It is hard. It is difficult. But this is what the Jesus movement is about. Amen. And the Sermon on the Mount is beautiful and and really is almost like this utopic vision for what the kingdom of God is. And I worry that sometimes things that are so beautiful and so utopic could see so far out of reach that we could just be like, ah, no, we don't have to worry about that. That's just too pretty, right? So I want to continue to, to encourage us to really see Jesus preaching this to us and talking to each and every one of us to help us to understand what the the way of Jesus is about. I will say this thing to Eduardo because you've given us the meat, you've given us the meat and potatoes from time to time. That's been kind of good though, so. Thank you. Um, Last week we talked about um, offenses. Right. We talked about picking up an offense. We talked about when someone offends you and we're not saying that it doesn't hurt and we're not saying that there is no damage, but we are saying that often an offense is something that's going to put out there, but then it is upon us to actually decide or not to take up the offense and bring it with us. Right? And we talked about how some of us, me, I often take up an offense before the offense has even occurred. <laughs> I, I'm already picking it up and I have it with me and no one has even said anything and I'm already in my feels about it. Sometimes I was in the conversation and I didn't pick up the offense, but the next day I'm thinking about it and I'm like, oh, and then I pick up the offense. Right? And sometimes years and years and years later, I still got my offense in my backpack. It's, it's right there, and, I, and I'm like real comfortable with it, right? And we talked about how our, these offenses, again, I am not trying to say that they don't hurt. They, they do hurt, and we should say that it hurts when someone's offensive. But we have a, a choice to pick it up or to not pick it up. Amen. And that's what Jesus was talking about when he said, love your enemies. Forgive your enemies. Do not carry on with their offenses. Amen. Don't take it up with you. Do not identify with it. Do not attach yourself to that offense. Let it go. Do not let your enemy tell you the story about you. How often we let other people, especially those who get on our nerves, rule our own stories for ourselves. And what Jesus is saying is let go of the offense and take up the narrative that I have given you about you. Amen. Not your enemies. Right? So what, what, what Jesus is actually telling us to do is really hard, but it is such a sign of a healthy spirituality and a vibrant spirituality. Amen. You've seen people that they're not naive. They're not like, you know... 
up in the clouds. They are very aware, very grounded, very centered. But you can tell them anything and they'll hear it. And if they've offended you, they'll apologize. But they're, they, they're not about to pick up the offense. They just live their lives Amen. in lightness with a lot more joy. They're just sunshine wherever they walk, <laughs> right? And I feel like sometimes my, uh, myself, uh, th th this is a practice. I've, I've gotten so good at picking up offenses that my spirit becomes heavy because I'm constantly picking them up. Not only that, sometimes I'm actually looking for them when they're not really there, right? And then sometimes I just go back and I'm constantly. Oh, yeah. This is a discipline. Discipleship is about a practice. And this is one of those practices. That whenever someone says something offensive, you say, ouch, because you should. Because if it hurts, it hurts, and you should say it. And feelings are feelings, and they're valid. But then you don't have to pick it up. And we said one strategy to do that, and Nicole was reminding me, she's like, you said a lot about it, but you didn't say how to do it. The one strategy is, in order for us to let it go, we, we have to, one, notice it. Notice that you picked up the offense. And then we said, we say a prayer of blessing over our enemies or that person. And you call out their name. And it doesn't have to be a person. It could be a thing. It could be an, an office. It could be a, a, a symbol. It could be a situation. You call out their name and you, and you simply say, may God bless you and keep you. May God shine God's face towards you. May God show you grace and peace. And then you pray that over yourself as well. May God bless me and keep me. May God shine his face upon me. May God give me grace and peace. Amen. And then you pick up grace and forgiveness and let go of the offense. Yep. Right? That's where we were last week. And then Jesus goes on and is teaching us about how to pray. We're going to skip that for now. And then he's talking now, what we're about to see, about treasures and about, um, what's the other I'm liking up? Oh, worry and anxiety. <laughs> so, so this is my jam. You don't understand how much this is my jam. I have like four sermons in here today. So we'll see how many, how many come out and then we'll see where we pick it up. But treasures on earth and anxiety and worry. This is, this is me. Uh, let's read together the passage this morning. Do not shore up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and, and, rust, and rust consume and where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust consumes and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will also be. Amen. The eye is the lamp of the body. So if your eye is healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is unhealthy, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light, is in, if then the light in you is darkness, how great is the darkness. Mm. No one can serve two masters. For a slave will either hate the one and love the other or be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and wealth. Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life. What will you eat? Or what will you drink? Or about your body? What will you wear? 
Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Amen. Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not more value? Are you not of more value than they are? And which of you, by worrying, can add a single hour to your span of life? And why do you worry about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin, yet I tell you, even King Solomon in all of his glory was not clothed like one of these. Amen. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which is alive today and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, you of little faith? Therefore do not worry, saying, what will we eat, or what will we drink, or what will we wear? For it is the Gentiles who seek all these things, and indeed your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Amen. So do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will bring worries for its own. Today's trouble is enough for today. Amen. That's deep, isn't it? Mm, beautiful. So much there. So much that is so important there. Let's start with the first with the first part, the treasures in heaven. I like that when Jesus is talking about this, he's talking about treasures, and he's not talking just about possessions. And I think we need to be clear that there is a difference between something that we would consider a treasure and a possession. Jesus is not asking us to live a life devoid of possessions. Mm. But Jesus is reminding us that often possessions can get in the way of our worship. Amen. And we start create and we start worshiping the creation instead of the creator. Mm -hmm. So one of the things that Jesus is saying here is saying Ask yourself, where and which are your treasures? These things that you just really, 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 really care about and care for. Hmm. Think about the many, many different, different ways in which simple things like a car can often not just be a car, but it becomes your treasure. Mm -hmm. right? Something of huge value to you. Maybe your house or your clothes or even things like your garden can become not just a garden, but it becomes your treasure. Mm -hmm. In the summer, my nephew and niece, when they were younger, they knew that if they were coming over to my house that they were not allowed to pick the flowers in my garden. Because <laughs> it was not just a garden, it is my treasure, right? <laughs> I work for it. I tended, I, I spent a lot of money in it, a lot of time. I didn't want people to just trample over my flowers or pick my flowers. They're my treasure. It's not just a garden. There's many other flowers, but these ones I paid for. <laughs> I tended, right? I nursed since they were seedlings. There's a different relationship there. And Jesus is saying, do not store up for yourself treasures on earth. 
where inevitably they will go to waste. They will rust. It doesn't matter how much I care about my house that I've spent so much money in, it will eventually come down. It doesn't matter how much I care about my health, that maybe I'm really, you know, careful about what I eat and, and what I do, and eventually my health will fail me. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter how much I care about my kids, even though I love them with all of my being, eventually they will make their own choices. Jesus is saying, do not store yourselves treasures on this earth but store them in heaven. And we're funny with treasures. It's physical things for us, but it's also the intangible things for us. We treasure our reputation. We treasure what people think of us. We treasure whether or not someone likes us. And I get it, those are normal things, but some of us really, really, really treasure it. Sometimes we even treasure other people's possessions. A few years ago, we had an old, old, beautiful tree, but old tree that was falling apart. And when we hired someone to come chop it down, as soon as it happened that afternoon, my neighbor comes over to the house and she is yelling at me, like full-blown shouting at me, how dare I take down the tree in front of my house. She had treasured that tree. It was not hers. (laughs) But she treasured it to the point where she came and she was yelling at me for taking it down, even though it was rotting rotting and, you know, every snowstorm or every storm, the branches would come down and and it was time for the tree to go. But but she had made a treasure out of of a tree that was Mm. not hers. And I I mean, honestly, I don't think obviously she's alone. So many of us have made treasures of other things. Maybe the place where you work, the specific office, or the specific parking lot, or the color of the walls where you are, or there's just often so many things. And here's, I think, one thing that Jesus is calling our attention to. Imagine what your life would look like if you can let go of all these attachments. Wow. (laughs) We were just talking about the person that that it's very, very hard for them to pick up an offense. Imagine if you're the type of person that doesn't create fake treasures. Imagine the lightness of your life. When, you know, there's a car accident, they're awful, but your heart is not in the car, everyone's fine, you're like, okay, yes, we'll deal with this. When there is something happening with the house and your heart is not treasured in the house, and you say, yes, we'll we'll deal with this. When your kids make a decision that is not the decision you would have made for them, and you say, yes, we'll we'll deal with this. Because we're not attached to the other things. We've made our treasures in heaven, not on earth, and not in other people. There's this lightness that comes about not making your treasures here. These are people that live genuinely, authentically, maturely, that are not easily bothered are offended, they're not quick to take an offense. These are people that can just roll with it because their treasures are in heaven with their heavenly father, not here on earth. 
in the city of man. And I think this connects to what Jesus is about to tell us about worry. So much of our worry and our anxiety and our thoughts are wrapped around the things around us that we want to control. Hmm. I know at least they are for me. So much of what I experience and, and, and the suffering that I experience, I often suffer more in anxiety and in worry about the event than what the event itself was. I, I see this so much when I'm, I, I love roller coasters, but not really, but, but I kind of love them. So like I always get on them, but I hate it. And when I'm in line, I'm hating every second of it, right? And you know, the lights are always like an hour. So I'm suffering for an hour. I get in the roller coaster in a 60 seconds. And I suffered more of like worry and like anxiety and like nervous excitement in line than I actually did in the roller coaster. So much of our worryingness and anxiety is just like standing in line at the roller coaster. Wow. We worry about things that may not happen. And even when they do happen, often, not always, often, they don't hurt as much as we thought. They're not as bad as, 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 bad as we thought. And honestly, the plan just doesn't go the way that we imagine it in our heads because you never know what the plan is going to look like. There's just no way you can actually anticipate what that conversation is going to feel like, what that interaction is going to feel like, what that whatever is going to feel like because you haven't experienced it. And you know what I'm talking about. You were expecting certain things to go this way and then you're in the middle of it and you're like, oh, that's not that hard. Right? But what we do when we worry is we actually activate our suffering now instead of when it's actually happening. And there's been studies done about the role of anxiety in our bodies. Mm -hmm. And when you're worried about something happening in your brain, you're imagining, like maybe you're worried that you're going to get a car crash. In your brain, you're already activating those pain neurons. So your body thinks you're already in pain, so you're already releasing the fight or flight hormones in your yes, body yes. to prepare you for the pain that you're about to experience, yeah. but it hasn't happened. We live there. We live worrying. We live concerned about the future. And Jesus says, do not worry. I'm like, well, that's easy for you. Yeah. <laughs> Do not worry, he says. I love the question, the rhetorical question. Which of you, by worrying, can you add a single hour to your life? No. I worry so much about things I don't have control. And I worry because I've treasured the control of the plan. Mm-hmm. I've treasured the outcome. Mm -hmm. I've treasured living a life with no uncertainties. And that's not true. There is no such thing as a life with no uncertainty. In fact, this is what Jesus is saying. You cannot add a single hour to your lifespan. It won't happen. There is complete uncertainty over when it's going to happen. Our lives have a beginning and an end, and we cannot do anything about it. And Jesus is saying, do not worry about the uncertainty of your life, Spain. 
And then this is the antidote that Jesus gives us, and I find it really interesting. He says, consider the lilies of the field. And it's, I think it's taking me a while to really understand what Jesus is saying here. Because for any of you that have suffered like, like debilitating anxiety, you know how hard it is. And Jesus simply says, consider the grass. I'm like, what? And I think here's, here's what I think Jesus is getting at. Earlier this week, I was giving a tour to a person on campus. And I noticed in front of the library, we have a raised bed and there's like no trees. So usually the, the snow kind of melts there faster. This before we had, this two weeks ago, before we had all the snow. And I saw the tulips already coming up. Oh, wow. Two weeks ago. And then I was thinking this week, I'm like, I'm considering the tulips and all the snow that we've gotten in the last 10 days. And you know what the tulips were not doing? They were not worried about the snow. They were not building shelters. They were not getting heating oil and extra food. They were not catastrophizing and wondering what if. The tulips simply existed. And if it was warm enough for them to come up, they were coming up. And if it gets really cold and snows, it just snows. There is this acceptance that happens in the natural world that doesn't happen in the human world. Amen. We resist it. So let me tell you, I've resisted this snow. <laughs> I've resisted every, every snowflake. I've resisted it. I am done with the winter right now. And I resist it. Sometimes we resist our jobs. Sometimes we fight against traffic. We resist people on TV or people in our lives. But the tulip just accepts the sun. And sometimes it's a snowy day, sometimes it's a sunny day, sometimes it's a warm day, sometimes it's not. Consider the lilies of the field. Consider the birds. They're just out there. They're not checking the weather channel every five minutes like I am. They're not wondering when is the snow going to be over. There is this acceptance that comes that is so freeing, isn't it? And I'm not talking about being irresponsible. I'm not talking about not making sure that you have enough heating oil or that you have enough food or but I am talking about the times in which we, we resist every second about an interaction, a transaction, or a moment. And often we cannot change anything about it. Just like we, can add, we cannot add one more hour to our life, so can we not change anything about the snow patterns and how much snow is getting here tonight or tomorrow or wherever. There's an acceptance and a freedom that comes with accepting, accepting this. This is where Jesus finishes. Do not worry about tomorrow. For tomorrow will bring worries of its own. Today's trouble is enough for today. When we pick up offenses and we're carrying them in our backpack, we're living in yesterday. Mm -hmm. We're living in the last year. We're carrying an offense and a wound and a hurt from five years ago, we still carry it in the past. 
When we worry about tomorrow, about five years from now, about 10 years from now, when we're so concerned about X and Y and Z, we are living in tomorrow, and tomorrow doesn't exist. The only thing that exists right now is today. And Jesus is saying, do not worry about tomorrow. Live here today. And I think this is one of the reasons why in the, in the Lord's Prayer, he says, give us today, this day, our daily bread. Amen. Amen. Not that Jesus' grace is not enough for eternity. It is. But Jesus' grace is one day at a time. Amen. Yeah, baby. And I think part of it is because we need to develop this practice of just focusing on today. Not tomorrow. Not next year. Not six months from now. And that is really, really hard. It's been really hard for me. One time I was watching this documentary on like Nat Geo or whatever, and there, it was underwater and there was this big school of fish. School, is that, that, that's what it is, right? School mm -hmm. of fish. Yeah. And they're just swimming around and you know how beautiful and hypnotizing they are? And it kind of hit me, this is several years ago, it kind of hit me. I think this is what Jesus says. Consider the lilies of the field. Consider the fish of the ocean. They're not worried about everything else. They are just swimming. They're just existing. <laughs> They're not resisting the world around them. They're not trying to fix everything around them. They are just accepting the world where they are. And there is this freedom that I long for, that Jesus wants for us, that we worry about just today and not tomorrow. That we accept the snow today, the sun today, the whatever today, and then we say yes, yes to today. Mm. There's been moments in my life when I wake up and I say no to the day. Mm. The day hasn't even started and I'm already, uh-uh. Right? There are, there are transactions that we have with our coworkers that we already said no to and it hasn't even happened. Jesus wants us to worry about today and to say yes to the day. And then we'll worry about tomorrow. tomorrow. But then we'll have our daily bread from Jesus tomorrow. Mm -hmm. So here's a challenge for us this week. Where are your treasures? Is there anything in your life that you've been treasuring so much that you've attached your identity to? And if you lose it, you'll lose a part of yourself. What are those things? Tangible or intangible things? And then if you're like me, and if you're a warrior, can you just look at the tulips, and at the lilies, and at the chickadees, in our backyards, and just learn to be more like them, and accept the day as it comes. And trust that you have been given enough grace for that day. Amen. I promise you, the grace that you have been given for today, it's enough yes, for today. Yeah. You, you can get through the day today with grace, with mercy, with love. We'll worry about tomorrow, tomorrow. But today, you can get through the day 
and we can say yes to the day. Amen. Yes to whatever's coming. Not resisting all the snow, all the sunshine, all the problems. A few weeks ago, a few months ago, I was talking to one of our friends who's a counselor, and I was giving him and pity a long list of things that I had to deal with. And I was like, see, I'm really worried. And he calls me, he's like, I have good news and bad news for you. And I said, okay. He goes, yeah, your list is long, but that's not the reason why you're worried. I was like, okay, what is it? He said, it's your relationship to the list and you're resisting the list that is making you worry sick. The list can be half as long or twice as long, but it is your relationship to the list that makes you worry and makes you get sick. Amen. Yeah. One thing at a time. The day can be full of snow or full of sunshine. It is our relationship to the day that makes us, makes us worry. And Jesus says, do not worry. Do not worry about tomorrow. We have enough grace for today. Let's pray. Father, we are a bunch of warriors in here. There are really big things around us to worry about. And today, we just want to give it all to you. We want to be just like the chickadees in our backyard. And God, we want to trust that we will have enough food, enough resources, enough plan for today. We want to entrust our children to you. We want to entrust our possessions to you, our houses and our cars. We want to entrust our careers to you, our family dynamics and choices. We want to entrust our city to you. And trust that you are giving us enough grace to live by today and to make it through this day. So for those of us who have made treasures on earth, we ask God that you would teach us how to let go of them and treasure you and your kingdom. Amen. Father, we want to be those spiritually mature people that are just joyful and that are not quick to take offenses, that are not attached to their possessions and their reputations. God, we want to trust in you and let go of all of our worries today. So we confess our worriness, we confess our quickness to take offense, and we ask that you would create in, in us a heart that is just focused on today. Not on yesterday and last year, and not on tomorrow and the following year, just today. Today, Father, give us our daily bread Give us our daily portion of grace, our daily portion of mercy, our daily portion of love. And may we be conduits of your mercy, love, and grace to all of those around us, just for today. And Father, we're coming back tomorrow and we're going to ask for the same. But just for today, we're asking for a portion of grace and mercy and love. And we ask all of this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Amen.